Oh, splendid. If the Ghost Rider's here, then we officially have a supernatural cluster f on our hands. You didn't happen to see the Antichrist run by here, did you? Damien Hellstrom, Son of Satan. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy, fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards. We like to think of it as learning and luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of the class something about yourself and what you're here to learn about. I tried to join the Cthulhu Acolyte program, but it turns out they all died. And then uh, I'm here to learn about magic in the Marvel Universe. And specifically? Uh, hell. <laughs> well, with that in mind, Professor Z, what's our lesson for today? We're finally here. We've only been talking about it since the very beginning. It's time for Damien Hellstrom, the son of Satan. So metal. So, son of Satan. Now, is that... The Satan. Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> but sort of? Uh, before we go on that one, what do you know about... What did you know about Hellstrom Go? Like, can you sum him up real fast just from our reading? Uh, from our reading now? Sure. Uh, he is one of the kids of Satan. He has the Dark Soul? Or the... Or a dark soul. Or a dark soul <laughs> that constantly in his past has tried to leave him. And he... Evil. Evil. And uh, he constantly is fighting against his father and is sometimes morally gray, sometimes bad. Sometimes good. Sometimes good. And often dresses in very dapper clothes. When he dresses the upper half of himself. <laughs> yes, that is fair. <laughs> so, Damien Hellstrom, the son of Satan... Uh, not created by Stanley, but created from an idea by Stanley. Uh, Ghost Rider was about to get his own solo series, was doing very well in Marvel Presents. Tomb of Dracula was selling extremely well, and Stanley went, "What if we made a book about Satan? That'd be awesome." <laughs> it says every normal person ever. <laughs> we should call it the Mark of Satan. And Roy Thomas, who was Stanley's number two guy, was like, "I know we're getting a lot more like better about what we can talk about religious wise and stuff, but." People might have an issue with this one. <laughs> now, presumably, the book was supposed to be like Satan trying to mess with the uh, superheroes and them defeating him, kind of like oh, okay. Mephisto over and over and over again. But Just Satan. Yeah, but Satan doing it. Um, but that's actually really unclear because Stanley had a tendency to do, what if we did this? Or like he would throw out a random thing and it would become Marvel edict. Iron Man had a nose on his faceplate for like three years. Because Stanley once went, what? Where is his nose? And so they draw drew an awkward little like triangle thing onto his faceplate. What? <laughs> he once said he didn't care for green on covers, and it became a company wide edict that you couldn't do green background covers until one day Stan was like, 
this would look better with green on the back. And everyone's like, Stan! <laughs> like, but you made a rule. He's like, no, I, I, I mused about something once. I definitively did not. And also remember, Stan has a remarkably bad memory. So he's probably like, I did what now? Yeah. <laughs> like, but they determined instead to do the son of Satan, Damien Hellstrom. Damien Hellstrom's origin... Actually, just even before that, Damien Hellstrom himself is the son of Satan, literal son of Satan, although not, as we have discussed, I believe last episode we talked about this, while comics originally just had, I am Satan. He is Satan, and the Hell Lords are kind of like little facets of him or small or whatever. Uh, it was later reinvented to he's just another, or his dad is just another Hell Lord, although possibly also the fallen angel Lucifer, like, Oh, yeah, he's, he's called that. He is an angel uh, in one of the books that we will read actually later on in the thing. He is an angel who has fallen from heaven, yada, yada, yada. But he's not the devil. He's a devil. That would mean he looked like those weird blue things before. We will actually definitely talk about this when it comes up. This depiction of heaven that we had in our readings today, mm -hmm. I have never found anywhere else it's very in Marvel very out there it's a very we'll get to it uh it's very 1994 when it came out let's put it that way that's fair uh real quick because i see you're looking this up is it damien or damon it's so it's it's damon they come from different but similar greek roots mm -hmm. um damon as actually in our reading they talk about the fact that it it referred to uh like an intermediary spirit and that's in the very end. He's like, well, that's what I'm going to be. He's like, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to be boss of hell, but I'm not going to be like trying to take over things just because it's hell. He's that lasted like, about four seconds. I'm going to say that. Yeah. But he has that big speech yeah, at yeah. the end where he's like, yeah, it's a, like the guy mentioned to me, my name means this. Da, 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 da. Damien actually comes from something similar but a little bit less different it's less of an intermediary spirit and more coming from the same route where we get the word tame it's like to to conquer something to like lord over it a little bit mm -hmm. is where damien comes from and is not actually connected to spirits hmm. but thanks to but damon is okay but thanks to that movie, what is it? The one where the, the omen. Kids, omen uh, yeah, thanks to the omen, Damien is forever linked to Satan, even though it's more like an animal tamer. <laughs> you could use it for like bigger, like godly power and stuff, but it's a little bit more like. I will attempt to refer to him as Damon, but I read it as Damien, so that's. I mean, it's the I omen. Yeah. Probably jump back and forth a lot. Also, it is Hellstrom, not Hellstorm. It's not Mr. Hellstorm. The problem is everyone reads, and I'm, I assume that someone was just being clever and just wrote out Hellstorm and then swapped some letters to be like, see, no. <laughs> we can't just name him Hellstorm. <laughs> but he later on adopts the identity of Hellstorm at one point as a superhero name and others is just like, why not? Because everyone called him Damien Hellstorm, even though his name is Damon Hellstrom. Honestly, I do not care which it is. I just wish they would make up their minds. So for the sake of this, I will be refer to, referring to him as Hellstrom. Well, I'll be referring to him as Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan. But... Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, 
because of who he is as a half human, half demon, uh, has, and former and future ruler of hell, has seen the worst sides of humanity and literally has parts of a demon speaking to him and trying to make him give into his darkness. Mm -hmm. What this leads to is a character who is cynical and unlikable, but ultimately someone who is working to try to protect humanity because he doesn't like people much, but he likes hell a lot less. This leads to him being actually a favorite character of a lot of writers who write him because they let him explore... I guess the darker sides, like, you know, it's fun to write a nice, heroic, aspirational character, but there is something about writing someone who doesn't think the best of humanity, keeps getting proven right, but keeps trying anyways. They tackled some really dark subjects in the reading we had. Especially in that one, yes. Uh, Mix in with this that Hellstrom has very rarely had his own series, you get a very strange character that goes in a lot of different directions. Mm. And probably the longest run of a series he ever had is the one that we read for our readings, which took place right at the tail end of the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s. I was going to ask when this came out. 1994. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, right so we end up with a character kind of all over the map, but always with this, uh, the core remaining who it is. I think Hellstrom could get a, like, 200-issue series if it wasn't for tendency to relaunch something. They've just never quite found the right track. I mean... Look, I'm also not super familiar with Hellstrom outside this reading. Uh With this reading, he's Marvel's Constantine. Yeah. Oh, and this, this reading... Wanted, and we'll talk about it more at the end, it wanted to be a Vertigo book from DC. So badly. So badly. (laughs) Vertigo was just taking off. uh, Vertigo being DC's edgy line. But the son of Satan himself. Also, I will be referring to him as the son of Satan, even though technically he is the son of Marduk Kurios. I mean, on that note, some of the bit times he's shown up, some of the authors haven't realized that. Marduk is his father. Mm-hmm. Oops. It's not always super so the, clear. Yeah, so it... Mm, well, if you Small did, appearances talking about his background tend to not be very continuous. And if you didn't read the Warren Ellis series in the 90s where they revealed that, then all you have is old 70s stuff where it's Satan, Satan, Satan! Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this corner. <laughs> in the original version... Damien Hellstrom's mother, whose name is Victoria Wingate, was just a nice, innocent woman who fell in love with a strange, mysterious, dark-eyed stranger and started popping out babies with him. I feel like there's folklore about that in real life. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) even... uh, The fun thing, because there's so few of, like, his solo series, I've actually read... I don't know if I can say a majority of his appearances, but between the things I've read, I've read a majority of his solo appearances. So I got to see this first story, and she's straight up like, I don't know why I liked him. He just kind of looked at me, and the next thing I knew, I was going with it. So, I mean, Satan was playing some uh, questionable consent games here. <laughs> what with Satan? Mm-hmm. God, if you wanted to play a drinking game and die this game, or this Drink episode, every time we say Satan. Satan. <laughs> In the original version, she was completely unconnected, had no idea that he was Satan, was not a Satanist. 
Later versions imply that either she was aware of this and part of a satanic cult, or that her parents were part of a satanic cult and were setting her up to be Satan's uh, girlfriend, I mm-hmm. guess, wife. What was that movie called with the lady? Rosemary's Baby. There we go. <laughs> I just had insane flashbacks. This is also sentence. very similar to uh, Raven of the Teen Titans, who mm-hmm. was raised similar. Oh my god. Except that, that one, that's the demon uh, Trigon, but that's for a different time. That's the distinguished competition. Mm-hmm. It is revealed that the Hell Lords had, whether Victoria was in aware of what was happening or not, the Hell Lords had been setting up and some of uh, for Damon to be born, and someone had, I don't know how this works, but her womb had been tattooed with satanic symbols. <laughs> okay. Which is creepy. And I metal. do not like this. Also, I have questions about the physical practicalities of doing that, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's magic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways, uh, while most versions have him having a relatively kind childhood, some versions have him being secretly suckled with the blood of humans and all sorts of... I mean, he was just set up to be evil. When he's three years old, his younger sister, Satana, who will be a major focus of next episode, was born. When Hellstrom was young, uh, Victoria interrupted a sacrifice, going down to the basement hearing dark noises and then finding out that uh, her husband, who I don't know what she called him. I don't know if she even had a name for him or it was just kind of in a fugue state for years. Hello, hubby. Hello, Mr. Daddy Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Where Daddy Satan and Satana were sacrificing a woman. In the process of this, and her finding out that her husband is in fact Satan, she loses her mind, and uh, Damon and Satana... Also, did she never question why your daughter's name is Satana? I mean... That's like being called, well, my son's name is Evil. It's fine, don't ask questions. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide on whether that's better or worse than the, the classic tropish female satanic character name of Natasha, which is, ah, Satan, backwards. Oh, God. (laughs) You know, it's better than Lilith, so I'll give it that either way. (laughs) Ah, Satan. Ah, Satan. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Victoria is institutionalized, although she does eventually regain enough sanity to write a diary warning her son that his dad is, in fact, Satan. Shocker. Hellstrom himself enters a monastery hoping to become a priest. However, when his mother dies and he receives his inheritance, he goes to their mansion at Fire Lake, because Satan did not believe in subtlety in these stories, (laughs) uh, to find out, or to just kind of take care of things initially before returning to be, you know, become a priest. But in the process, he finds his mother's diary. He finds out that there is a literal gateway to hell in his basement, And his father, Satan, summons him down, telling him, Don't listen to your mother! Join me! And then lets him go. Hellstrom, deciding that that's not really what I'm all about, sneaks down back into hell, steals his father's trident, which is made of netheranium, by the way. Yeah! 
Now, here's a point that I am confused by. In early appearances, part of the reason why Satan hasn't killed his rebelling son is because he has the netheranium trident, which uh, is one of the few things Satan is weak against. He can't even, like, stand near it. Mm. But he was holding it before uh, Hellstrom stole it. So it's just never talked about. These early stories, like the first three issues, are wildly different than uh -huh. anything else we get. Hellstrom raises a quick rebellion in Hell. It does not go well, but he manages to escape with the trident and with his father's chariot led by demon horses. During these early appearances, and this was a... <laughs> yeah, that was the chariot. Yep. Uh, he will later claim that he has these because he had a large Ben-Hur phase, but which I kind chariot. of like better, but yes, he actually just stole it from his dad. Um, because many authors didn't pay a whole lot of attention to earlier canonicity, you can just kind of assume with Hellstrom that somewhere along the line he was lying, usually to make himself seem more extra which we see happen in the book often. <laughs> in these earlier appearances, Damon and the son of Satan are essentially two different personalities within the same body. Mm. During the day, he is Damon Hellstrom, a uh, man of God and a... I mean, he's not a priest, but he's, you know... Close enough. Yeah. Exorcist, he's an upstanding yada, 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 figure. Yeah. During the night, the son of Satan emerges. <laughs> he is held back by a... Um, Ankh pendant? Interesting. I don't know why an Ankh, mostly because it was the 70s and people weren't paying that much attention. It was an occult symbol. He okay, used Ankhs a lot in those early appearances. However, when his dad got pissed at him and was trying to force him to pick a side, uh, he tortures him by merging the two forms together. So, Hillstrom will never again have to go through the painful transformation of becoming the son of Satan at night, but he, for the He's rest kind of, of his also life, always said yes, <laughs> we'll have to deal with, this is where the, the concept of his dark soul first really starts appearing. Mm. The evil side of him. He starts traveling around wearing a big cape, bright red pants, and hanging out with what we will be referring to as the Hellfire Trident for the rest of this time, because that's what it's most commonly called. Uh, and fighting, not really fighting crime, fighting demons. In these early stories, he was directly at war with his father. He will declare direct war on his father about 16 times across this. Because sometimes they forget. But he will maintain a civilian identity of occult expert Damon Hellstrom. And he serves as a visiting specialist professor at the St. Louis College. Uh, after helping them stop a group of Satanist kids who got involved. Interesting. Because I guess his romantic interest professor at the time was just teaching a class on Satan. But like, at, here's how you raise Satan. At, what college <laughs> but don't. is that? Uh, St. Louis College. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just told you, man. <laughs> During this time, he encounters his sister, Satana, who has become a succubus, and starts appearing multiple times across a lot of different books. He teams up with Luke Cage Power Man. He teams up with uh, the Hulk. He teams up with the Defenders, Ghost Rider, yada, 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 Spider-Man a couple of times. The most common appearance, though, is with the team known as the Defenders. The Defenders being Doctor Strange's non-team. There are several people who are listed as Defenders, but they don't... There's no, like... Team meetings. Yeah, there's no Avengers Assemble. It's whoever's available at the time. Come help out. Um, Crap's going down. Help guys, 
to the point that in the middle of major stories, if they didn't have a place for the Hulk, the Hulk would just wander off and they'd be like, all right, we'll figure it out. Just an angry green man wandering around Manhattan. We're fine. Happens a lot, man. <laughs> it happens a lot. Like, are we going to do anything like, what, you going to go stop him? No, no, we're good. Yeah. Just let him wander. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work out. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> With the defenders, he meets Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. A.k.a. potentially the worst part of the Jessica Jones Netflix series? Yeah, but that wasn't... That's not on her, but... I definitely should say that's not the actress's fault. They just really made her terrible. Yeah. Um, but she, hey, hey, she wants your cray-cray. Man, they were setting her up to be so... Okay, just quick aside before... They were setting her up to be so cool, and then they just had her fall straight into, like, angry pill addiction and lost all of the, like, what made her interesting as a character. It's weird. It's like that happens in real life when someone has an angry pill addiction. Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> After she gets her hands on nukes pills. <laughs> that will definitely do it. So, Hellcat is actually the second person to uh, wear the costume of the cat. She just changed it to Hellcat afterwards because she wanted to differentiate herself slightly. She also used to be in a kind of Archie-style Marvel book called It's Patsy. I hate her nickname, by the way. Where she was a, a model uh, before blackmailing Beast of the X-Men into giving her superpowers and then joining the Avengers wearing the Hellcat uniform before quickly being kicked out um, through no failing of her own. She actually is a pretty good superhero mm. and joining up with the Defenders. The secondary Avengers. They are. They don't... They shouldn't be, but they are. Yeah. Her and Hellstrom will have an on and off again... I'm really into you, but no. But I'm into you, but no. Mostly because he's half demon, and that's kind of messed it up. Right. <laughs> he is the son of Satan. Satan. Yeah. He's like, I'm really into it. And she's like, yeah, and I'm super hot for it. But also, a little bit scared. And, like, the scared horny levels, the scared is too high for us to work. <laughs> They're not balanced right now. <laughs> Look, man, I mean... Okay, so this is a little dirtier than we usually go on the show, but the fear b***er is a thing, but there is a fine line for the fear b***er to, like, work. Mm -hmm. That's fair. In the true off-and-on-again nature of this story, they will all get involved in a story called the Six-Fingered Hand Saga, which we will definitively be reading later on. Count awesome. Tyrone Rugen? <laughs> yeah. Is that the one from freaking Princess Bride? Yeah. <laughs> the Six-Fingered Hand was a satanic cult manipulated, again, by Satan, into forcing Damon Hellstrom to join him in hell, theoretically, permanently. And he actually does. He gives up, I think, to save the other defenders and joins his father in hell. The next time we see him, his father has then kicked him out of hell. <laughs> Turns out the hell lords are a capricious lot. No, that seems to fit. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I haven't mentioned it here. He will have many many appearances with the Ghost Rider. He, his first appearance is technically in the very first issue of Ghost Rider. Mm. On the very first page of Ghost Rider. I number don't one. think I knew that. We should say he has nothing to do with that issue. He just shows up. He's like, he just shows up. Yo. He puts like flowers on his mother's grave and leaves. And then like the last page of that book, he yells from off panel and then it splits into like what Ghost Rider's up to and what Hellstrom's uh, up to over in Marvel Presents. Weird. It's, yeah, it's some weird choices and it made it very confusing when I was trying to read these issues at first. 
However, he does return to the Defenders and ends up marrying his uh, teammate Hellcat and helping her deal with her abusive mother being able to relate to questionable parentage. Yeah! <laughs> Just a little bit. Eventually, he ends up defeating his father and declaring himself triumphant over his father and his father's influence. Then battling a man known as Miracle Man, who's actually an early Fantastic Four villain. Miracle Man. Yeah, there's actually a really popular um, superhero from British comics called Miracle Man, but completely unrelated. I was about to say, not to be confused with the other Miracle Man. Who's back to being called Marvel Man because Marvel bought him. Of course. And we do not have time <laughs> for the Marvel Man thing. I'm just imagining. Did Moore do a Miracle Man run? Moore did it. Gaiman That's what did I thought, it. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I was like, I know this name. Yeah. <laughs> Moore reinvented him, and then Gaiman did actually interesting things with him. But that's me letting my opinions shine through. I just imagine, a, like, a, a huge mega church in the pastor called Miracle Man, and he's just, like, jazz handsing up just there. Just like Joel Osteen <laughs> of the supervillain. You know, I actually like that better than Miracle Man. <laughs> it's awesome. Just jazz hands the whole time he's talking on stage. <laughs> Magic. But Miracle Man, who is a superhumanly powered criminal who has been masquerading as a monk... Steals the Dark Soul from Damien Hellstrom, the son of Satan. The Miracle Man is defeated, and the Dark Soul was sent into a snake. And I guess the snake was then just unleashed out into the... I don't know what happens to the snake, to be honest with you. I I, I did not find that out. I'm going to guess that it was secretly Satan, which would fit in with the whole thing. It's, It's a snake. Hellstrom, for the first time in his life, not having the evil side of him, becomes significantly less unpleasant for the foreseeable future. Weird. He's still unpleasant. He's still Damon Hellstrom. But, you know, you're not worried that he's going to fall and become new Satan any moment. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's kind of like when Constantine made Demon Constantine. Yeah. Uh, during this time, he retires his costume identity as the son of Satan, because that was technically his quote-unquote superhero name at the time. Right. Wow. When we see him afterwards, <laughs> that's who did you get saved by? The son of Satan. You got you got saved by? Yeah, superhero. You you don't you don't play with your son of Satan toys. <laughs> When he does start to appear again, I you know I don't think he's ever met Daredevil, and in retrospect, I really want. You that know, they'd get along team pretty up to, well. Oh, they would hate each other. But they'd get along really well. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil is hardcore Catholic. I like, know. we know this. <laughs> what about uh, Nightcrawler? Same thing. I don't know if... Honestly, just those three together, I don't know. It would have to be like a Defenders book, but... I want like like the most boring comics issue of all time. Of <laughs> just three? No, of Matt and Kurt going to Mass. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be cute. Right? Anyways... Retiring as the son of Satan, he and Hellcat get married and move to San Francisco, where they act as supernatural investigators as kind of like the thin man, but with magic. That's awesome. It's that's actually really it's awesome. So idea. good. Uh, around this time, he will end up helping out occasionally with the West Coast Avengers, a team that is exactly what their name implies with a new costume that is very bad. And starts taking the name Hellstorm for the first time. Also bad. Also bad. It makes also sense. Also confusing. <laughs> Hellstorm. Any related to that Hellstrom fella that also has red hair with the little like horn <laughs> things in the front? Nope. 
Who's this dashing young fellow you speak of? <laughs> he sounds awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> However, unfortunately, being separated from the Dark Soul, his powers begin to wane. Patsy Walker first goes to Doctor Strange for help, who reveals basically, you know, without the without half of his soul, without the Dark Soul, he will die. Doctor Strange's answer is largely, that sucks. Which, I know, it makes Strange sound bad again, and especially with your hatred of Strange. I love I love him, and I hate him. But I'm kind of on his side on this one. Like, not much you he doesn't do. have a way to fix it, and he knows the danger. He was actually I was about to say, I get it. Like, if I'm Strange, I'm not going to go out of my way to save this kid. Like, Especially even, since I don't have the means on hand. Yeah, like even though these two scenario. are like old school allies, but like, it's the kind of ally where he's got like knives in the back of yeah. his cloak just in case anytime he comes for dinner. It's more like, the enemy of my enemy sort of thing. Yeah. But he was also, this is like the, one of the few times he was like, hey, I'm sorry, there's physically nothing I can do. I mean, there, and he's right. They're like, he would have to do some choices. But he was like actually nice about it. Other times he's like, why would I care? <laughs> yes, this was written during a period where people had a much better understanding that Strange isn't just an unlikable dick. Yeah. However, Patsy, desperate to save her husband, summons Satan. Oops. And asks for him to, you know, save her husband in exchange for putting the Dark Soul back in, which is a weird trade to offer. Like, hey, hey, do this, and in return you get to do this. But it does sort of work out because one, Satan knows what's going to happen next. And two, all the Hell Lords love chaos more than anything else. And there's nothing quite like dropping Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, on the world to bring more of that chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the process of all of this happening, Patsy is shown the Dark Soul in its entirety and sees the worst aspect literally of her husband's soul. It drives her absolutely insane. And she ends up gibbering and comatose for the next while. Also, I am not going to lie, I'm surprised how long that lasted. Mm-hmm. And I am going to say here, Hellstrom, or not Hellstrom, Hellcat was treated dirty was bad. in this story. This was a, it was a big thing that kind of happened in the 90s and they were finally called out on it. And the comics as a whole had to like start confronting this of what is known as fridging female characters based off a different comic where a woman was killed and stuffed in a fridge oh, we talked about this. to uh, uh, give heroic growth to your main hero, <laughs> Patsy was treated the same way here. Yeah, They tortured the female to make the male yada, yada, yada. Learn his lesson. Uh-huh. Except he didn't really learn his lesson. Instead, thanks to what I'm, what's never claimed, but I am going to argue <laughs> is the massive PTSD of everything that's just gone down to him, Hellstrom starts to kind of fall apart and starts giving in to the more decadent sides of his nature. He does not turn evil, but... He's not good. No, he sleeps around, he uh, gets directly more violent, and instead of just being kind of a closed-off angry man, he becomes abusive to the people around him. There's a difference between being unpleasant and being actively abusive. How he treats Gargoyle in the story is actively abusive. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty bad. Also, I will say, if you read the uh, Marvel wiki of this, they reframe things to try to make his actions look a little less terrible. But we've read the story. So we know that they're not. (laughs) 
This was actually a really good reading. Yeah. Especially for covering this portion of his history. Because like you said, they reframe it. Yep. Some of these things are happening concurrently and they're making it sound different. Among other things during this time, he ends up accidentally helping create a, a demon guy that kind of looks like Ghost Rider named, I think it was Spirit Fire? Oh, Soul yeah. Fire. Soul Fire. Who honestly... Dope. Was kind of dope and is never seen again. Uh, we need to change that. He's mentioned <laughs> in passing in a Civil War-like background thing. Because he's like permanently stuck... As a demon. But he's basically like Billy Batson. Yeah. Yeah. He's demon Billy Batson. There's literally Captain Marvel villains like that, but not as cool. Yeah. Like, I like the idea that he's just riding his motorcycle and he's like, oh, I'm a fire. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they decided they already had a couple of flaming skull head characters at the time. And they didn't need more, but I mean, it was pretty good. Also during this time, spirits start to escape hell and are sent up to other people. Oops. Yeah. Uh, and Hellstrom decides that he is going to attempt to help them reach heaven. Now, this part is a version of heaven that I have never seen anywhere else in Marvel Comics, where it's decided that anyone who has a strong enough personality that they maintain it after death is sent to hell, where they're kept individual, while anyone with a relatively weaker personality is sent up to the giant goop that is heaven and becomes all one merged so they also crushed the idea of fate. They're like, no, they decide where they go. Like th- what their belief of themselves is what decides where they go. Now, this is directly contradicted by pretty much every other appearance of heaven and hell in Marvel, including ones where we see Nightcrawler just hanging out in heaven and having actually not the best time. But, oh, it's a good story. Oh, it's a good story. It's having a time. Um. <laughs> He does fight demon pirates, which is really great. You know, that sounds like a good yeah, game. Yeah, it's a good time. Sorry, not important to this. I just wanted to say, like, and this was also a popular thing in comics in the 90s. Spawn was a major selling character at the time, and it was revealed that heaven and hell are basically even, and it's just straight up when you die determines whether you go to heaven or hell. Like, one person dies, they go to heaven. Next person dies, goes to hell. Mm. So it's complete up in the air. And I really think they were trying to tap into some of that cynicism. Mm -hmm. It is very morally gray. Who's better throughout this adventure though. Hellstrom ends up giving in at least part way to his darker side and getting kind of a demon Hellstrom form that we see for exactly half an issue before they do a time jump into the future. I freaking love that form though. It was pretty cool. I even look like how he looked after he was smited from heaven. He's like, and then he had like the burnt wings. It was super cool. Mm-hmm. As we said at the beginning of the hell section, every single thing that's going to come up would look really cool painted on the side of a van. It probably is somewhere. Hell's, it is revealed during this time that Hellstrom has been purposely manipulating events. So he ends up in direct confrontation with his father. He has secretly revealed or figured out his father's true name. Again, not Satan. Satan is a title. His father is technically the Marduk Kurios, which is an ancient, according to this, Mesoto- Mes- Mesopotamian term. And Marduk is a god of uh, Babylon, I believe, is the big god. Yeah, I believe in one of the author's notes, they just straight up admit they're like, 
uh, Marduk, uh, and like three of the other names they use in this, they're like, those are just straight up Sumerian deities. Now, we, we straight up stole those names. As someone who is rather fond of Sumerian myth, it is the most confusing myth structure of all time. <laughs> it's buck wild. So it kind of works in its own ways. The one that sent the, the dude with the spiders after him. Oh. That she, that's another name that's straight from Sumerian. Yeah, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, yeah. but it comes up. Inanna or something like oh, that. Oh, Inanna is terrifying. Inanna is the goddess of sex, death, and war. Wow, um, the three big ones. <laughs> <laughs> she is the longest, I mean, she's Ishtar, which means she's Aphrodite. Right. She was worshipped from about 4000 BC up till the 19th century. She's possibly the longest running god in world history. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um. <laughs> yeah, I remember I didn't actually read all of the author's notes, but when I was skimming through, I was just like, it caught my eye and I was like, oh, and he's just like, yeah, we just straight up took these four names. Uh-huh. <laughs> However, having the name means that he has the power and you being a, between having the Hellfire Trident and having weakened his father, he kills him. Unknowingly, this brings the what, is, what do they call it? The black crown on him, which is pretty cool. And he just became Satan. Did not know he became Satan, but he became Satan. Uh, He keeps this identity secret for a while with the look of, I think, saying his, uh, God, this is stuff that is not coming up on the wiki and stuff that I read, but like a week ago. Saying that his father was still on the throne. Yep, basically that he's just indisposed. Yep. Oh, no, daddy's just doing stuff. He's busy. (laughs) And everyone's just like, man, hell's being ran really lax. During this time, he opts to not rule hell, but work as kind of the intermediary, keep uh, hell, heaven, and earth separate. He also, during this time, meets his quote-unquote friend, Jane Cutter, who is a woman that made a deal with the armorer of hell to get certain powers, whose job is literally... That was the other name they stole from Sumerian myth. The, 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 the hell armor, armor guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and her job is literally to just give humans a chance to do stuff on their own. Keep heaven out of it, keep hell out of it, yada, yada, yada. Does she, does she ever come back up in anything? She will. Okay. One other time after this. It'll come up in this. Because I kind of like the idea of like a cult too. terrorist. It's no, there's a bunch cool. of interesting stuff that happens in this book. Also, is that the same gun from the very first issue of Doctor Strange we read on like, the first episode? I don't think so. Cool. But it should have been. It's, like, it's the same thing. Almost. The breathing gun would have pissed you off less than Hitler's handgun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're both portrayed as Lugers, so yeah. sort of. Which is a, what doesn't surprise me. He immediately begins an affair with Jane Cutter during this time. This is the part we were talking about of where they swapped things around. In the book, or in the Wikipedia, it sure makes it sound like Patsy dies first, and then he starts sleeping <clears throat> with Jane. That is not the right order. (laughs) His wife is insane and dying upstairs, and he is having an affair with crazy occult terrorist lady in the basement. Let me actually point this out from the reading, and how just how much they cleaned it up on the Marvel wiki is she's not just insane and dying. While he is in the basement banging Cutter is when she is starting to have her first moments of clarity Mm -hmm. before eventually dying. Mm -hmm. All alone. Her sanity is coming back 
while they're downstairs. And she also like has a strange connection. She's like she knows she knows everything he's been doing after she saw that part of the soul. During this time, she encounters a being called the Death Urge, which is basically just a version of death. Uh, who I believe eventually joins the Great Lake Avengers, but I can't 100% oh. confirm that that's Doorman, that Doorman and Death Urge are the oh, same person. okay. I think so. Uh, Their design is just functionally identical. Who are you? I'm the Doorman. The Great Lakes Avengers are literally the, like, joke pathetic Avengers that live around the Great Lakes area and mm. are just so desperate to be accepted as superheroes. <laughs> Those poor people. Hellstrom also during this time will kidnap a man who is pretty much just Anton LaVey, but he's Anton Divine, I think we found I out here. I think it's Divine. Uh, Anton Divine, who is the head of the largest Satanist cult because he's starting to manipulate Satanists to do his bidding. Mm. During this time, he is definitely losing track of the I am here to protect humanity and playing that fine line between I'm here to protect humanity and I am a lord of hell now. I got to deal with this stuff. Doesn't he, he also tell him, you need to get your cults in order. Like, this is a mess. Yeah, you, you are very bad at this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely implied that Jane Cutter and Anton Devine had been setting up to try to manipulate Son of Satan. Mm-hmm. And then they found out very quickly that that was not a good what idea. was going to happen when he just directly took them over immediately. Dr. Druid, during this time, and we've covered this on the Druids era, uh, is running basically a halfway house or hotel for various weak magic users, and one of them attempts to summon Satan. But he accidentally summons Hellstrom. Hellstrom, who, this is where I'm saying he's starting to lose track, kills that guy and gets pissed off at Dr. Druid. Druid basically swears revenge and starts this whole, I'm going to rebirth the world through the power of druidic magic, something, something angry, Druid being Druid. You can listen to our Dr. Druid episode for most of this. Uh, Ends up getting manipulated by the son of Satan into that plan failing and then gets murdered and set on fire in a dumpster. (laughs) So good. That was the highlight of You definitely enjoyed that more than either <laughs> one of us did. Not that, like, I love that sentence, but man, the story itself was just It's bad. Uh, <laughs> but I loved it. That Druid miniseries, though, had maybe some of my favorite art. That oh, that art this was, week. that art was incredible. Mm-hmm. A lot of the art in that, in that book was really good. Uh, sometime after this, Jane Cutter will leave Hellstrom because she was intending for them to be a whole monogamous couple thing, and he kept throwing orgies. Yeah, that would cause problems, yeah. The mutant demon lady Selene, I'm not quite sure where Selene fits in, but she's a mutant with death powers that's been alive for thousands of years, uh, is attempting to create a new version of the Hellfire Club, and it begins associating with Blackheart, who is the son of Mephisto. Isn't that a real club? The Hellfire Club? Yeah. Uh, yes. It was mostly just a bunch of uh, Revolutionary War era Europeans being so angry, drunken, angry but... rich white dudes. Yeah, okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's an award balloons. <laughs> we do an episode on. Oh it. yeah, we did. That's why it's familiar. Okay. Um, she begins associating with Blackheart, the son of Mephisto. 
Blackheart and the Black Queen, a.k.a. Selene, start clashing with the Fantastic Four, along with Margar- Margali Cesardos, who we talked about. She is the mm. stepmother of Nightcrawler, a new character named Mecha Mage, and Damien Hellstrom himself. That's a crazy name. The Hellfire Club is defeated in the encounter, and Blackheart is mystically bound in the club's basement. Hellstrom then joins the Hellfire Club as its new White King as a means to balance the forces of good and evil. Hellstrom, Sidaros, Alyssa Moy, who is a Fantastic Four character who does not matter for this past the fact that she's in the story, and Mecha Mage agree to remain together, creating a group called the Shadow Hunters. However, it is later revealed they just said this so the Fantastic Four would leave them alone and immediately went off on their own way. Brilliant. It worked. When Hellcat died, her soul ends up in the realm of Mephisto and ends up fighting in a battle forever in the Arena of Tainted Souls. Which is a pretty extra name, but we've already met Mephisto. It all counts. Um, alongside the fallen hero, Mockingbird. This does not make sense, because Mockingbird wasn't actually... Never mind. We talked. I think we talked about that last time. Uh, Mockingbird's not actually dead. She's a scroll imposter. Retcons make some stories super confusing. The two discover sketchy details about a plot the Hellstrom's developing, and Mockingbird is able to send a warning to her husband, Hawkeye. Hawkeye and his team, the Thunderbolts, confront Hellstrom in an attempt to get Mockingbird... Uh, back to the land of the living. Hawkeye has a team. Hawkeye has led multiple teams. We know, <laughs> we we tend to think of Hawkeye as this weird doofus because he is, but he's actually a pretty good like leader and hero when he needs to be. Good old Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I'm just thinking of that. Someone showed me <laughs> scenes of the end of the Avenger movie where Hawkeye misses all his shots and he kills all the Avengers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so okay. good. I saw that. It's really good. good. Uh, The Thunderbolts, however, are manipulated by Hellstrom, and they accidentally bring Hellcat back to life instead. Oops. Which, like, sucks, but also... uh, Cool, now she's not dead. Yeah, and Hell... She's probably angry. Hellcat does not have a good relationship with Damien Damien, from this point on. You don't say. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Now it's time to bring in... Dormammu. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets confusing, because this part becomes a bunch of scraps between Hell Lords. The Hell Lords are competing with each other for space. But it's always been like that. Yeah, but sometimes they work together. Sometimes this is the Hell Lords directly going to war with one another. Was this like last time when we saw a table of all the same guy? This is the Hell Lords being like Damon Hellstrom, Satan, uh, not Satana, Satanish, uh, Dormammu, I think in one of the first times he's sitting on the table of the Hell Lords. Because he's not always Blackheart. Blackheart, I believe, is in this. I'm not a hundred, but this is the this is the group that we will be discussing a lot next week. To be honest with you, Mephisto joins with fellow ruler Satanish the Supreme to battle Hellstrom and or no, not battle the Hellstrom. I'm sorry, I had that backwards. To team up with Hellstrom and battle Dormammu, who is trying to take over larger swaths of Hell. Except Satanish pulls a, a gotcha and swaps over to the other side, being like, I was on Dormammu's team all along, trying to give Dormammu a bigger chance of ruling. Because Dormammu is, in theory, the dad of all of the Hell Lords. Right. In some versions. Again, this is super confusing because Hell Lords lie, so it's hard to tell which part is true. During this time, because Hellcat also gets caught up in this battle, mm-hmm. It is revealed 
the uh, Hellstrom is not actually the son of Marduk Curios. He was the son of Satanish. It is kind of don't like that. Don't worry, it's not true. It's what I think. <laughs> it is immediately afterwards revealed to be a lie that Hellstrom went along with in an attempt to further drive Patsy away for her own safety. Why that would drive her further away than the demon bad guy that she's already met? Who knows? Maybe it's because I'm pretty sure Satanish has a big angry mouth in his middle of his stomach, which is creepy. Which is pretty cool. And she just might not be into that. But I don't know for sure. Yeah. The story does end, however, with uh, Satanish betrayed, Dormammu defeated, and Hellstrom having basically overthrown Dormammu and even gained the Flames of the Faultine, which is the kind of crown thing that uh, a lot of people have worn over time, proving that they are, like, the main ruler of Hell. Unfortunately... No one backs him up, and he is quickly overthrown with Mephisto ending up in charge of almost everything, leading me to ultimately believe this is probably one of Mephisto's plays to just get as much as he could. It worked. Also, the goddesses Pluto and Hela, the various death goddesses, who end up interacting with the Hell Lords a lot, uh, help overthrow. Uh I believe Dormammu originally, but then everyone. No, this doesn't go well for anybody but Mephisto at the end. By the end of it, however, Damon Hellstrom is no longer in charge of Hell and is once again just Damon Hellstrom, the son of Satan. When you're demoted to a cooler name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Damon is summoned to New Orleans in the most extra book I have possibly... Not not that, but it's a very extra book in what is the Marvel Max line. Marvel Max was an era of we are going to create characters from our books, but we're going to let them say the F word. Ooh, edgy. <laughs> and Tyler lent me this book, and as we described it to each oh, other, no. um, it's kind of like, this whole book kind of reads like the first time a little kid says a swear word, and then how they keep saying it to try and chase that high yeah. of saying the naughty word. It is, at best, sophomore. <laughs> yes, it's not a terrible story, but they were so, like, excited of being able to swear that it really ruins it. <laughs> Wildly, the inker who's doing all the finishes in that book uh, did all of the inking and a lot of the illustration for Frank Miller's Daredevil run and for um, Batman the Dark Knight Returns. Okay. That dude has a, like, wildly good history, and then he ends up on the Marvel Max Hellstrom Son of Satan book. With... An almost unrecognizable Hellstrom. Completely forgettable stuff. During this time, he no longer has the big pentagram on his chest, but instead he has a tattoo on his back that morphs to show whatever mystical images that he is talking about or portraying at the time. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's just as dumb as it sounds. And it is never mentioned again after this. Is that why he never wears a shirt? He never wears a shirt anyways. That's just how he rolls. (laughs) But now it explains it. (laughs) Hellstrom is pulled into this by his father, who is alive again, and uh, calling him over a flip phone, because this was, I don't know, circa 2007, (laughs) that plays different songs talking about Satan every time. So, like... One, you know, one time he calls up and it's, the, the ringtone is like, Devil went down to Georgia. It was looking for a soul to steal. Another time is uh, Sympathy for the Devil by Rolling Stones, all depending on what the conversation is going to be about. 
I like to think that... Which I actually kind of liked that. That was mm-hmm. a little fun touch, but... They can talk to each other through hell portals they conjure up, or even telepathically. Nope, cell phones! And yet, they are so bored, they're like, eh, let's use a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> it is revealed that thanks to mystical whatchamacallits, it is a time for the god Osiris to finally be reborn. Now, if you don't know Egyptian mythology, which is fair because it's wild... Osiris is the king of the gods, but he is murdered and broken up into 14 pieces. And in a river. Uh, and thrown apart. Isis, his sister wife, <laughs> it's ancient religions, it's always the sister wife. <laughs> Isis, the sister wife, spends the rest of eternity with her son Horus, attempting to find the pieces of Osiris to bring him back to life. Mm-hmm. She smack him every time he brings up some heresy. We're not going into 40K right now. Just keep going. Um, <laughs> I appreciate this. <laughs> this is to explain how sophomoric this story is. It's revealed she's found all 13 pieces, and all that's missing is his penis. Uh-huh. And she has to go ask for a new one. <laughs> and Hellstrom has to go find Osiris's penis. <laughs> they don't use penis. They use words that we don't use on this podcast because we try not to swear. But, um... Because <laughs> it's the edgy one. <laughs> yeah. And then he has to sew it on. <laughs> it is revealed in this, as opposed to the versions of Hell we saw before, that in the afterlife, there is the devil and the god who dies, which is kind of a recurring motif of a god who has died and then comes back to life for whatever reason. Osiris fits the motif. Jesus sort of fits the motif. Uh, There's a Greek one that does. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much a lot of ancient religions had some god that died and then came back to life as some major miracle. Trying to figure out why Satan is trying to make sure the god who dies comes back to life as well, Hellstrom realizes that if the god who dies comes back to life, one of the main things keeping Satan from controlling all of the afterlife uh, will be gone, giving him much more power in the afterlife. Yeah. Hillstrom sews his penis back on, brings Osiris back to life, and then immediately murders him. That's fair. Yeah. All of this takes place in post-Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans, too, just to really add to the edginess of the era. I enjoyed reading it. I will not recommend buying it for any... If you get a chance to read it for free, have fun. (laughs) If you have to pay for it, (laughs) don't. Don't. It is is worth $2. During an event named... I don't, maybe. Um, No. (laughs) Man, I sold my copy of Witches to the used bookstore. They gave me two bucks for it, and I was like, man, you overpaid me. (laughs) During an event called Heavens on Fire, where a fallen angel named Zadkiel is attempting to use, is is attempting to do a whole bunch of stuff, but is... Why does that name sound familiar? I think it's an actual angel name, but I'm not 100% sure. Zadkiel is attempting to overthrow heaven, is really his endgame. But he's doing a whole bunch of stuff in the meantime that is very confusing, <laughs> including manipulating the various ghostwriters. I mean, he can like be like, you're still here. Last guy did it down there. I'm going to do better. <laughs> it turns out that a group called Project Blackheart had been a, uh, who were a group of devoted Satanists were attempting to develop the ideal Antichrist to serve Lucifer. The ideal? The ideal. One of the potential Antichrist's children escaped, and he was named a man named 
Anton Satan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jason Aaron was writing this, so he is one of our favorite authors, but... Um... You broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Anton Satan so, so much. much. What's your name, Anton? Anton Satan. This ends up with a... Uh... If I ever meet a man named Anton Satan... I'm probably going to get locked away for murder because <laughs> nothing good is going to come from that guy. <laughs> no, never. This ends up with an adventure between Johnny Blaze, the original ghostwriter, Danny Ketch, the second ghostwriter, and Johnny Blaze's younger brother. Sarah, the caretaker, the caretakers being an ancient order devoted to helping the spirits of vengeance. Jane, what's her name? Cutter. Cutter. And uh, Damon Hellstrom. Hellstrom just wants to kill Ant and Satan and get it done with. Just, As do I. If we kill Ants and Satan, Zadkiel can't do whatever Zadkiel's trying to do, and we can just be done with all of this. Also, his name is Anton Satan. And his name is Anton Satan. <laughs> That's more than enough reason. <laughs> At the end of this story... You're so disappointed. Which will probably come up more in the it's Ghost Rider story. It's Sinestro. <laughs> and his name is Sinister O. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, um, Satan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> A portal to hell opens, and the Ghost Riders and Sarah escape through. However, Damon and Jane don't end up fighting and helping with the fight against Zadkill and uh, Anton. They just hang out and make out for a while instead, while everyone else takes care of things. Uh, well, I can't blame them there, I guess. <laughs> when Doctor Strange loses the position of the Sorcerer Supreme, he has to help find the next one. Damon Hellstrom is listed as a potential Sorcerer Supreme. Oh. And it's actually revealed that at one point he went to the Ancient One being like, train me, help me out, things are bad here. But the Ancient One turned him down because he only had the focus for uh, dealing with Steven. And also, he's already got one evil apprentice that he keeps letting go anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Mordu, so... <laughs> Mor Mordo... So uh, he doesn't have time to deal with the son of Satan at the same time. Uh, he's like, listen, Satan, or son of Satan. You just see it like saying like, sorry, I'm going to have to like dodge as an axe being thrown. <laughs> like, sorry, I already have one one cat trying to kill me back also, here. But... Have you seen Strange? He's a handful. <laughs> Brother... Get it, handful. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Voodoo ends up becoming Dr. Voodoo, the new Sorcerer Supreme, and Damon is largely a giant to him for his entire time together, thinking him unworthy of the title. Well, he's right. He's definitely not. <laughs> but in my heart, he's right. <laughs> Brother Voodoo, great. Or Dr. Voodoo, great. Dr. Druid, bad. We are not talking about Anthony Ludgate. He's dead in a dumpster. <laughs> Where he belongs. <laughs> Actually, he might be alive again by this point, but they just don't know what to oh, do yeah, with him. Didn't they, like, wreck He does that? come back to life. Oh, yeah. no, he died. He just, when the world was reborn in a major event, he came um, back and he's like, what the? I don't know why I'm alive, but like, I'm here. here I am. <laughs> I'm back. During a demonic invasion of Las Vegas, Ooh. Damon discovers a thing called the Descent, a day when a Hell Lord would become more powerful than the others and uh, would become the true king of Hell, yada, yada, yada. In a complicated storyline... Agent Venom, the Red Hulk, X-23, and the new Ghost Rider are manipulated by Hellstrom to help stop all of this from happening. This ends up with a story that we will not be reading, but God, track it down. It's called Circle of Four that ends 
with the Red Hulk, with the Venom symbiote attached, with the Spirit of Vengeance inside of him, on the big Spirit motorcycle, with X-23 hanging out on his back, fighting demons, and it is one of the most perfect comic books ever created. That yeah, that sounds amazing. amazing. I have an idea where we might read it, so I might find a way to sneak it in. <laughs> Shortly afterwards, Damon is killed by a woman named Victoria Hand, who had been serving as the right-hand man of Norman Osborn when he had been leading a group called Hammer that was basically a replacement for S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a weird storyline, but basically, Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, was working as Nick Fury, but, like, wildly corrupt Nick Fury. It turns out that Victoria Hand had been possessed by the spirit of Brother Voodoo's brother in revenge for the death of his brother. Voodoo had sacrificed his life to stop, I believe it was, uh, um, oh, we talked about this yeah, in the Voodoo episode. Yeah. Uh, Voodoo had sacrificed his life to stop one of the major oh, magic the powers of the universe, and his ghost brother had sworn revenge. Yes. Mm-hmm. He does successfully kill Damon. However, Damon comes back to life when Doctor Strange regains the title of Sorcerer Supreme thanks to machinations of the Ancient One. Go listen to our voodoo episode. I know I describe it better there. Uh, it turns out that Hellstrom's earlier machinations with the Venom symbiote, he had left a sigil on the Venom symbiote and ends up causing ongoing chaos for just a while there. I'll be honest, I have not read this story because I do not like Rick Remender's writing. A lot of people do. It's pretty good. So if you like this kind of stuff, go check it out. But the wiki doesn't explain it very well. And I had not read, I've not mm-hmm. read these. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly Hellstrom popping up and putting hell marks on the Venom symbiote to make things more complicated for everyone involved. Manipulated, not really manipulated, forced into a situation where Ghost Rider and Blade need help because of the end of the world is happening, thanks to machinations of his father, Hellstrom turns up with a team that is kind of unofficially called the Spirits of Vengeance, which include Hellstrom, his sister Satana, Blade, Ghost Rider, and a few others. It's a pretty sweet team. We will definitely be reading that book later. It turns out that there is a peace agreement between Heaven and Hell where they will meet once every, like, thousand years, and hash out details that might need hashed out. Neither side can betray the other during this time. However, Hell is manipulating humans to pop up during that time, you know, Satanists or whatever, Mm -hmm. and attack basically the Archangel Gabriel, who is defenseless during this time in the same way that the Hell person is, uh, in the hopes of forcing the fight to start like the heaven war between heaven and hell to start again. And with one of heaven's major powers missing, it is revealed during this time that heaven actually does keep a very hands-off approach on earth on purpose. Their entire goal is to just balance the scales of whatever hell is trying to do. So hell makes a move, heaven makes a move to block it, kind of creating an eternal cold war in the hopes that humanity in it that time will figure their own stuff out and make their own kind mm-hmm. of soul evolutions that they need to make. When Robbie Reyes, the ghost rider who has the cool car as a member yeah. of the Avengers loses control of his demon-possessed car. Hellstrom helps out with the Avengers to exercise Robbie's car. So he's now basically just the spirit of vengeance, I believe, instead of uh, 
evil ancestor. We will get to that one in a yeah. soon episode, actually. Satanic serial killer uncle? Something like that? It was pretty cool. Wow. He will also team up with, and I believe in some of his most recent appearances, will team up with a group known as Strike Force, which is the Thor's sister, Angela, Wiccan. Wait, minute, 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 minute. Uh, uh, Spider-Woman, Blade, and a few other characters uh, who have to take out a group of Norse legend things that are part of the fallout of the War of the Realms, which is a, a thing where various creatures of the nine realms of Norse legend are all attacking Earth. Interesting. War of the Realms is pretty dumb. Yep. And Strike Force, and I'm sorry, that's a terrible description, but Strike Force is definitely a book that's coming up soon. Unfortunately, these last few appearances are all stuff that we will be reading soon, so I don't want to go too much into detail right. on them. Uh, the most recent stuff that's been happening with Hellstrom is he is occasionally seen teaching at Strange Academy. Oh. He has also now shaved his head and grows a bad beard, giving the Anton LaVey look, which I'm not a fan of personally. I'm going to have to see it, I think. But uh, Honestly, his best look is when he's got the long ponytail tied back, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Like, I think that fits. I mean, it's... Very 90s, but it fits him well. I agree. On that note, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will discuss our readings of Hellstorm, Prince of Lies. Before we dive into the story, I'm going to say a quick uh, aside on stuff. Uh, a large part of what we're doing here is written by a man named Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis is currently... On the outs with a lot of the community, be of the comic community, because he uh, took advantage of the power structure of being like a super popular nerd and used it to sleep with a lot of women and then did not treat them great. Uh, we've talked about this on our other shows a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go too much into it, but I want to acknowledge we are talking about a character, a creator that is pretty controversial right now. He is also one of the most gifted comic book creators of his generation and a personal favorite of mine, even though I'm very mad at him. So, and he's going to come up again in other readings we're doing. So I'm just mentioning this, you know, if this is not your thing for whatever reason, we get it more power to you. We're not, but um, you can't really talk about him without, especially Hellstrom without reading some more analysis mm -hmm. here. I will say this was interesting as someone who has been reading Warren Ellis since I was 15. When I first started reading this, I was like, God, this is just like all of Warren Ellis's favorite tropes tapped into one. Like, God, I've read this so many times. And I went, wait a second. This was first. Because <laughs> this was his first American comics. Oh, okay. Uh, he After this, he gets a brief run on Thor. He gets Excalibur. Transmet will launch in a couple of, like, two years after this. He will have a meteoric rise to comics after this. But all of the stuff, I was like, God, this is just, Warren, come on, pick a new idea for us. So I was like, this is when they were new ideas. Um, I ran into a different, so, like, I've enjoyed every Warren Ellis I've ever read. Uh -huh. But I'm not as used to, like, picking up the different Ellisisms or what, or whatnot yet. However, starting in on his portion of this run, and it starts with, you know, like the serial killer um, and um, Manko's art. Mm -hmm. uh, Leonardo Manko? Yes. Right? Yes. Great um, artist, by the way. I'm like, this seems very familiar. And I'm like, 
I know Manko worked on Hellblazer. And I'm like, that which? doesn't surprise me at all. And I started to think for a second. I'm like, which storyline did he work on on Hellblazer? And I'm like, which which ones had this art? I'm like, no, no, it couldn't be. And uh, he definitely was the artist on one of my favorite magic villains ever when uh, Andy Diggle was writing Hellblazer. Ooh, Diggle's a good writer, too. Uh, a war mage named Mako who liked to use two knives and was hunting down magic users. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> See, the Ellis stuff that kicked with me is suddenly Hellstrom is wandering around with a big black coat on at all times and smoking constantly. Mm -hmm. We've never, I don't think we saw him smoke cigarettes in the like 11 issues before, or if we did, it was like one time. And then from the rest of this, he's just smoking. Chain smoking. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That is a Warren Ellis like okay. favorite. A woman or a person all in white with very pale skin and all white clothes and a kind of suit look and white hair. Warren Ellis puts that in like every other book he does. <laughs> he, um, and it's always cool. Mm -hmm. I, so I get it, but it's one of those. I was like, Oh, Warren, this is so you, Yeah, your questionable relationship with women, your really cool stuff. In spite of that, your oddly funny moments that you stole from red dwarf at one point. <laughs> um, that blew me out of the water. Violence, you know, <laughs> Oh, I was, I mean, like I said, though, I, I dig me some more in Ellis, but in this case, I'm, I'm here all day long for, for Manko's art. Mm -hmm. I, I've always dug it since I first ran into reading them in Hellblazer. This, I so. think, is the first time I've read anything with Manko's art, or at least to the point mm -hmm. that I, like, connected on who it was and, like, the name stuck with me, which is always fun. I love it when I'm reading something and been like, oh, this is so-and-so. Oh, I've been reading this guy for years, and I didn't... Mm -hmm. Know it. I guess, Mac, to start with, you have thoughts on this? We gave you 22 issues of a series that wildly changed a couple of times in there. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed the newer stuff. The older stuff was good, too. But, it, like, the pace it reached near the end mm -hmm. was a lot more smooth, more coherent than it was at the beginning. Um, we should definitely note, the first 11... Because we, we had this in two single volumes. Mm -hmm. The first volume before Warren Ellis took over had three or four different writers over 11 issues. And you can tell the second half was all one guy. I do enjoy reading through it. How he, you can never say he's like straight up evil or straight up good. It was more morally gray. So it was more satisfying when he would interact with bad people and like mm -hmm. punish them. But also it makes sense when he come across a good person and be like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the only thing I didn't really get or enjoy was the 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 exorcist he kept coming across, like that Gabriel something the he, demon hunter. Oh, I don't remember his last name either, but yeah, Gabriel he, something. It was just like this strange punching bag they threw in there just to like punch at, and then the halftime he's on the page, I'm like, eh. Here's the thing that happened with Gabriel. One, Gabriel is a character who will come up briefly in a later episode because he was part of this kind of black and white line of horror books that Marvel was doing in the 70s. So when they brought back their other big 70s horror character who has a, you know, pentagram on his chest instead of a cross on his chest, it made sense to bring in that kind of other half. Hmm. But the original author who brought him back left almost immediately. 
the other authors didn't know what to do with him, and Warren Ellis clearly just didn't even want to try. So he just drove him insane immediately. It was pretty bad. Like, they mentioned, like, we're the two sides of the same coin, and then I sat there, and I was like, no, no. Uh, Hellstrom actually does stuff, and it has a character. <laughs> you're just a drunk who's depressed all the time. You're, there's, you're not even on the same currency, let alone the same coin. Well, and speaking of not wanting to try, although it was a beautifully written... I thought it was an absolutely beautifully written issue. Uh, Patsy's assisted suicide with the death urge. Mm. It's very much seemed to me like, I don't want to have to deal with this right now. This I is really effed up. I don't want the insane yeah. up in the thing. So I'm just going to kill her. Um, and I'm not blaming Warren for that. He's not the one that messed Put with her Patsy there. like that. And he just, I mean, killing her is not the route I would have taken, but also with the way the book was set up, you couldn't really just have her like, I'm better now. This is, will be okay. Yeah. I did have a question uh, where the story where there's the whole cult meeting happening and Hellstrom shows up because there's another Hellstrom there uh, and he kills Hellstrom and Satan's like, yes, you've done what I wanted. What? <laughs> so I haven't been able to fully track down what happened there. It's why it didn't come up in my history. Mm -hmm. But at one point, a lesser demon takes the form of Damon Hellstrom, mm -hmm. probably for some plot for his father, yada, 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 escapes hell. And Damon lets him stay as Damon. Just you escaped hell. I'm not going to kill you for what. And I don't know the original reason he chose not to do it. Mm -hmm. But that demon... Found a life, found a wife. Yeah, that's the blonde woman from the first issue. Right. But eventually ends up recreating a cult known as the Black School, who I don't think ever appeared before this, but they mentioned that it was like an existing mm. cult. Again, remember, this is 1994. Mm -hmm. This is D&D &D is causing people to fall to hell. This is the... Magic you know, the card game is run by Satan. If you ever want to get really messed up, actually look into the Satanic Panic and how it destroyed lives. It's really bad. It destroyed lives. Also, MTG is run by Satan, but only in how much we're paying for that much card. Yeah, that's just Wizards of the Coast. That's a completely... <laughs> yeah. Has Hasbro is the problem. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so I'm not 100% sure who that demon was. The part that confused me about that was why the demon was doing, like, Satanic rituals again. Mm -hmm. Because what... He's trying to stay away from hell, and hell wants him back, but he's doing these... I, I guess the argument I would make if I had to try and explain it is demon gonna demon. Like, he's trying... I mean, this is not Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan, who is half demon. This is not uh, Gargoyle, who is not actually a demon. Just cursed. Cursed and looks like one. Had to remind myself almost every time I saw him that that was not Etrigan. They definitely made sure he looked more like Etrigan the Demon from the Distinguished Competition, too. Like, they they really played that up. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a demon, not a, like, human that's been corrupted. So I just am going to make the argument that even though he was married and escaped hell and all that, he just couldn't help himself. It's he nature. had to do that evil demon chaos demon. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Demon demon. This is something you and I have discussed on this because you mentioned Etrigan. This book wanted to be a Vertigo title so badly, and there are so many references to Vertigo. 
Wow. He, he directly talks about knowing John Constantine. He just doesn't say the name. Uh, yeah, what was the other one? Uh, um, he meets, de- he sees Death of the Endless, like he opens the door for her or something like that. I don't remember specifically what it is, but she's from Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I really wish I would have told um, there was, There was another one that really jumped out at me, but he, now I'm... Uh, Gargoyle directly mentions Etrigan the Demon, and I believe Zatanna shows up at least once, and I think I saw Phantom Stranger somewhere, but I'm not sure on that one. I think it, it, was, uh, it was the way that... Gargoyle brings up Etrigan. I'm like, you're just going to, you're just going to have him say that when he's sitting there looking like that. Yeah. Okay. It's almost too far. Here's an interesting thing of, I do like it when they drop hints of like, Oh, I met a guy once smoked too much wore a uh, mm-hmm. jacket. And you're like, uh-huh, Constantine, I get you. And then you move on. But when you are being this, Blatant with it. Well, I have another book that, like, it, that it, it pulls me out of the story. Well, because this wasn't just like I met a guy once, smoked too much, had a jacket. It was I knew a guy once, had a jacket, smoked too much to the point of getting cancer. They had to cure it. Jesus. Okay, look, I know you're enjoying constant kills demons. <laughs> yeah, and I really think what it was was them being like Vertigo is selling so well. You have to make a Vertigo book, and they're like, but we're Marvel, and they're like, make a Vertigo book. Um, I mean, so it was a did. decent Vertigo book. Honestly, yeah. It would have... I mean, I don't think it would have survived much longer than it did anyways. It's, this is not a great series, but it's not a terrible one either. Uh, we've it read just, way, way worse. Yeah, we read Witches, man. Yeah. We, I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the bar we have We had to discuss... That's a low bar, my guy. Yeah, as long as it passes that, it's better. <laughs> I kind of want... Both of these characters to work on their issues first with the dark portions of their personalities. But then I would like to see the potential shipping of Damon Hellstrom with Ileana Rasputin. It'd be really cool. Oh, that would not go well for anyone, but it'd be really hot in the meantime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, jumping back to Gabriel Devil Hunter. Mm, yeah. The guy you were talking about. Like the world round I, I do think that there is an argument that can be made. Gabriel McDrunk Pants? Yes. Uh, Gabriel McAngel Drugs. Um, oh, so that's where they're fitting in, like, the other half of the Constantine, because... Angel Drugs? No, just how drunk he is during most of the Hellblazer oh, runs. And Ellis actually goes on to write Constantine not yes. long after this book, either. Mm-hmm. But he talks like, you're my dark mirror, or you should be. Like, you should be my other side. You were set up that even my father was going to fear you one day, but you have fallen. And, like, clearly they were setting up for him to have some kind of, like... Redemption. Redemption thing. But I think there is something that works as a character of just not giving that to him. Mm. Of giving this character the chance to do that and just having it not work. And he dies terribly. He's never seen again after this. No. I could not find later appearances of him. I think that if they would have just buckled down and did that, it would have been cool. But they didn't give him enough, like attention it was just kind of like he was a side character because you're doing hellstrom 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 and then oh he's drinking he's talking to an angel hellstrom 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 oh he has a gun he's gonna go shoot this person hellstrom hellstrom and then he just fails and like it's not enough focus he's just this weird we should also definitely state this book got canceled extremely abruptly oh i didn't know that uh if you read the postscript that he has in the end of it he re like he had an issue wrote, written out. It was supposed to be part one of like a four part storyline, and okay. they went, "That's your last issue." And he sat down and rewrote the whole thing to try and give 
some kind of ending to everything that had been set up in a way that would, I mean, not work perfectly because they've got one issue to wrap mm-hmm. up a bunch of storylines, but enough that it it's not just a like whiplash of guess it's done now because no writer likes to do that. No, especially after you spend so long on it. Another thing I did like though was the book that Pat uh, used to summon Satan mm-hmm. was described as almost as powerful as the Necronomicon. <laughs> I was like, how? <laughs> they cannot resist using Lovecraft. They love using Lovecraft. And I believe- oh yeah, notice that with the f- Finn Gluey Rillier. Rillier. Was not Fatagen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and by this point, I believe Lovecraft was fully in the public domain, so they actually could. Mm-hmm. And so here's here's he's, stuff. He's sitting in the bathroom. He's like, oh, I think this one will work. And <laughs> it's just reciting Lovecraft and thinking it's going to help me in the end. It's not going to backfire at all. <laughs> Look, I have sat in the bathroom reciting Lovecraft, and it did not do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made you super regular, but it didn't help anything <laughs> yeah. else. Um, in its own weird way, I kind of think the first half, while wildly uneven, was better Damon Hellstrom. It was closer to the more traditional character, and it was the kind of Hellstrom that I enjoy, where he's the occult investigator kind of setup. Mm-hmm. The second half, while well, is a significantly better, and I wanted more of it. Um, I think he, I, I'm not a huge fan of him anytime that he's actually in charge of hell, mm. but I did think there was something really interesting of here's my wild terrorist girlfriend. Here's the <laughs> Satanist that I've essentially kidnapped. Who's going to now like be my stool pigeon for me. Here's my gargoyle Butler. Be nicer to Isaac, but like, here's my gargoyle Butler. Look, I'm going to propose, propose a, a story idea, copyright us right now, <laughs> where it turns out, the shadow hunters have been a thing this entire time. And oh, it's, it's a redempted Gabriel with uh cutter and soul fire. That'd be really oh, that'd good. Be good. God, you and I have so many good, <laughs> we've come up with so many good books for Marvel and DC over the like two years we've been doing these podcasts. Hire us, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get paid to flesh out that idea. <laughs> Oh my god, Shadowhunters is such a good like it's cheesy, but like in a I know what I'm going in for kind of way. Mm-hmm. That book was actually a Chris Claremont like Fantastic Four annual issue, where he's like, "No, please, let's do this. Someone pick up this." And everyone's like, "Yeah." I think it was right after Marvel's bankruptcy, so they were not taking risks on a Damon Hellstrom and Alyssa Moy adventure team with a guy named Mecha Mage. That's a pretty cool name. We'll also bring in Mecha Mage, because that sounds amazing. And there's almost nothing to him. He appeared in that issue. Well, that's all that you need. You just see how he looks, and you can give him everything you want. Decently cool 90s Mecha character. I mean, there's basis for, what was it, that Doctor Strange book where they had magic, but it was like technology-based. Technomancer? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he ain't the worst, and that could be updated really easy, so... He's got a kind of football helmet looking thing, but that's easily fixable. Yeah. They were, it was a Fantastic Four book. They were tapping into some Kirby stuff with that. Just make him a Technomancer and then he can like do stuff with his suit. Yeah, but stick with Mecha Mage. It, yeah. It rhymes too well to not. Yeah, that, no, that ain't the worst though. No. That's our idea. 
turns out that Hellstrom is like the guy like assigning the missions or something. I enjoyed the little one-off stories in between where he would take care of strange business like with the kid that was murdered. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. It had a it had like a strange mixture of like dressed in a supernatural. Like he's not a good guy, but he's there to get the job done and punish the people who did it. Go over to DC and read like a lot of the middle area of Constantine. It's those, of that. Those books are, I would bet money that Constantine was a direct mm-hmm. inspiration for Dresden. I mean, and he's a direct inspiration for this version of, and they're all tapping into the same kind of stories of that 70s Satanist horror story, mm-hmm. occult detective kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's something about noir that when you mix it with the occult, it works just it extremely well. Really does. Uh, also, the strange representation of hell and heaven they had for that one time, I re- it the symbolism they used was fantastic. It like really struck home like the strangest like this is not something humans can understand. Like it's all and when he's getting the tour through hell by that by the guy. He's like, oh, this is this part of hell. That's that part of hell. That actually might be one of my favorite descriptions of a fictional hell that I've ever ran across because it was kind of really, it was really neat to have it very much spelled out as this is not a form of justice because that's not hell. That's justice. Yeah. Hell has to be unfair. And then you, and he even explains like people put themselves here all the time. <laughs> it's like a fucking course animals are here because that's evil and this is hell. Yeah. The writer of that book was a guy named Len Kaminsky mm-hmm. who, because I looked him up because I recognized the name, but I couldn't really place where I knew him from. His kind of biggest claim to fame is he wrote the first War Machine solo series. Okay. Which is a fun book. It's not like change the world but it's it's a fun title and that guy has written a bunch of comics and edited a bunch of comics over the years and they're all like that they are solid well done interesting not set the world on fire but like there's real potential in them Hmm. kind of literature uh that guy that he was talking to who ended up being you know his dad yeah yeah but did you catch who he was pretending to be because he was pretending to be a specific character who is not very well known, but will come up uh, before too long for us. The name is Simon Garth. Oh, okay. The zombie. Literally, it's just the zombie. zombie. Interesting. It is a in the same way that they had Werewolf by Night, Tomb of Dracula, yada, yada, yada. They also just had a book called The Zombie. zombie. <laughs> and it was Simon Garth died, and then he came back to life as a zombie. And to be honest with you, I don't know if he's aware in there or not. I've never read much Simon Garth. Okay. I've read like two issues and it was like 15 years ago. So I, we will find out together in not <laughs> that long. But I thought for someone like me who loves those little like touches and clearly everyone who was writing these books liked those old 70s horror stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to bring in Gabriel Devil Hunter I mean, or whatever his name yeah. is, you like those old yep. mm-hmm. weird books. I just thought that was a fun little what would have been cool is if while it at the same time while he's going through hell with his dad, Gabriel's actually up in heaven and seeing this is not what I think like, this is wrong. Like we've been lied to. You're like you're stealing people 
it's humanity from them just to make that mass, right? And they both are like, no, we're not for that. And then they come back down yeah, with... Mass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't see me, I just rolled my eyes. Um. <laughs> and they both reconvene at some point for a story reason. And then they're like, at that, at that point, they would be. Separately, kind of like, I'm not for what I was working for, and neither are you. And then the crazy terrorist girlfriend would be like, yeah, well, we can just make humanity better. And then that's the core team. I think that's an interesting idea. Um, if you're going to do this version of Heaven, I actually really like that. Mm. I just I just don't like this version of Heaven. I don't know why either. Cause it's really weird. I'm not I'm not Christian. I don't have this, like, you know, Heaven yeah, like is it has to be this. I just, for whatever reason... I don't know. It just didn't grab me as over. It just mm-hmm. felt trite. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue with that. And maybe it's just the idea that I hate that, like, you can either be part of the larger whole with no personality or you can get tortured for all of eternity. Because, like, damn, that makes, like, the Greek <laughs> versions of the afterlife look, like, pleasant and happy. I mean, I think it just resonates for me. It's because, like, instead of emphasizing what happens after you die, which could be terrible either way. You can just emphasize I'm here now and I can make this better and be better no matter what happens after. Yeah, but I can do that without being like, well, guess I'm going to spend the all of eternity afterwards on hooks. Fair. But that's, but it, like, it, give, it pushes the characters to do something about it, to fight against. I don't disagree with you. Honestly, I think what it is, is the int- eternal optimist part inside of me is like, <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm, <go. laughs> I'm also optimist, so I get that. It just, I don't know, it, it would be good fuel to push for a reason for characters to be like, no, we can't have that. Like, mm-hmm. we have to be our own thing. I think the other part that threw me of it is just we have seen the afterlife in a bunch of other stuff. Mm. And so. And it wasn't this. No. Yeah, we know it's not just these two options. Like, we've mm-hmm. been to Valhalla more than once. <laughs> It doesn't have a flesh pillar. <laughs> There's no flesh pillars in the house. There's just the tree. You just wanted to say flesh pillar. <laughs> I don't get to say that often. <laughs> I wonder why, McElroy. It's depressing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> this is unfair. I wanted to say flesh pillar. <laughs> and I did. It's a good day. <laughs> I can die in peace. I'm now going to try to say flesh pillar at least once a day for the next week, just to see... Oh, I thought you were going to go with every episode. But, I'll drop, uh, no, I'm, that would just get weird. <laughs> I'll drop it at we work We can randomly. pull it off, I think, through the hell section, and then, like, it'd be a stretch through the vampire area, and then by the time we're like, it's time to talk about Thor! Yo, and you, his know, you know that <laughs> vampires want to get their mouths and fangs all over all right, a we're nice done flesh here. Um, <laughs> Oh, my. It's like a communal neck to drink from. Oh, <laughs> Hellstrom would know about communal next body horror stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do we have anything else to say about this reading? Cool. Next time, we will be discussing Satana and the other Hell Lords, all the characters, all the major characters that don't really have their own full episodes worth. Uh, Most of the emphasis will be on Satana, but we'll also cover Satanish, yada, yada, yada. We will be reading actually two different things. Because Satana's never had much of an ongoing series, we will be reading Legion of Monsters Satana, and we will be reading the Hell on Earth War arc of X-Factor, which is X-Factor 250 through 256, I believe. Let me double double check that before I... uh... Yes, 250 through 256. This might be kind of a weird book because it is 
well into the X-Factor storyline, and you are not going to know who most of these are, but we will get to spend some time with Guido Carasola, a.k.a. Strong Guy, so I'm happy. Ooh, Strong Guy. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the weekly game of Blindfolded Elden Ring starts soon. Remember, we will be handing off the controller at every death. Oh, no. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.